Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's bloodied up. You don't say it's bloodied up. Oi! You ever hear my Michael and Kane, my Michael Caine impression? Yes, but do it for me again. Oh, Michael Caine! <laughs> it's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. If there was a Madame Toussaint's impression museum, that would be in it. Just, <laughs> It's just me standing there waiting to be prompted. Oh, yes, I'd like to hear your Michael Caine impression. Oh, Michael Caine! <laughs> See, I just like the idea of it being like a little talk box you push. It's almost like a soundboard on E-Bomb's world. Um, oh, man. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Exactly. Uh, my daddy is Carrie Crisp, and I'm Tim Crisp, and I'm the host of this program, As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. I'm here with my friend David Anthony. Hello. David is also the host of mm-hmm. As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. We have a patreon poll winner winner for you this week because see over on patreon.com slash as you were we give our pledgers the opportunity to vote on what songs we talk about mm-hmm. on this here program as you were a podcast about alkaline trio so it would be my recommendation to go on over to patreon.com slash as you were and uh see about maybe pledging a monthly amount it's the holiday season coming up maybe you got a nice little check from your aunt amy and you're thinking oh how how should i use uh the first installment of this of this check from my from my great aunt amy and you say aunt amy i'm pledging monthly on patreon.com slash as you were and that allows me the opportunity to vote on songs. It also gives me access to bonus audio content, mm-hmm. some swag. For the yeah. low, low cost of forty nine ninety nine a month, you can get things such as our voices. Uh, for a longer time. Yeah. Than about normal. different things. Yeah. Forty nine ninety nine a month. Is is that the right price? Um yes. Okay, good. Only forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Low, low price. Um, and so can you, so you told me, I didn't know, uh, what songs were in the poll today, but I am surprised that whatever was in there that bloodied up one, because because this to me feels like a real deep cut. Like, I do not see this as a song where people are like, man, can't wait to hear what they have to say about bloodied up. And I do have a lot to say about it. As do I. And the interesting thing about that is that for this poll, I just did what songs we had left on From Here to Infirmary. Mm -hmm. About half of the record is still up and bloodied up one-handedly. That's the thing is I was coming in to this podcast today prepared to be like, you know what I I feel, Tim? I feel like, A, you're going to go... One of two ways on this, uh, either 
really like it, which would be the surprise to me, or really dislike it because I know you don't care much for the album. <clears throat> and my second thought was like, I was ready to lay down some big claims, one of which that is this maybe the most underrated Alkaline Trio song? And what we found out is that it's not necessarily underrated. Shocked me. Shocked but I the think monkey. what we did find out is that this is a song that a lot of people really like. And it's probably because it's not Stupid Kid yes. or Private Eye. Yeah. The things that you hear more often, it's a song that comes later in the record. It's not a single, but it's a damn good track. It's a song that I don't know why it is, but it occupies a weird space in my brain. And I think we've talked about it on this podcast before where you're a fan of a band and like you look at the track list and you're like, you see the name, you're like bloody it up. You're like, yeah, it's a fine song. And then you hear it and you're like, oh no, that's a really good song. Yeah. Because that's my experience with it every single time. Absolutely. I think that it it, it comes at, um, you know, f- I have been like negative on, on uh, From Here to Infirmary on this show. But really, to me, the, the, the best stretch of this record is, is I'm dying tomorrow to the finish. Huh. Really, there's, to me, nothing, nothing that falls below, like, a four out of five. I think that's fair. And I think that Bloodied Up is just, it's one of those songs that I think it doesn't stand out for particular, any particular reason, other than it's just, like, kind of just a really, really good Matt song from this era. Yeah. And then when you when you experience it, I think that you realize that there's a lot more to it than than is like what's written on the surface. I a hundred percent agree with all of that. It's a song that when I listened to it today, I was kinda like, Man, it really goes by in a breeze too. Like it's it's a song that is not particularly short. I mean it's not an epic by any means, but right. it's like what two fifty? Yeah, something about. like that, right? And it feels like a sub two minute song to me, which is like a weird thing to say to like harp on time. But like, it's just a song that feels like one kind of interconnected part. Like unlike a lot of songs where you can really clearly be like, here's a verse, here's a chorus, here's a bridge. You can do that with this, but there's a flow to it where everything just kind of really nicely goes from one thing to the next very cleanly i think matt's delivery is so nice like his vocal delivery in the verses is really fucking good some of my favorite matt stuff right there yeah so kind of pulled back and clean but in a way that sounds really him doesn't sound like he's reaching for anything yeah definitely i think that like it's it's interesting when you sit and you look kind of at the songs on this record it's one of the few Matt songs that doesn't really like start off with a big, like octave based riff. Yeah. It's not a banger out the, trying to be a banger out the gate. It really just like kind of falls into the beginning of the song. And then just like the bottom falls out a little bit for a real like quiet vocal delivery. Yeah. And I just think that his, 
his lens on this song in particular, I think, is very indicative of, of the fact that he's looking at a larger audience. He's like thinking, I think, about potentially selling more records. Sure. Thinking about that Vagrant America tour. He's thinking about what's kind of, if you look at the the progress of this band going from God Damn It to Maybe I'll Catch Fire, they sort of graduate Asian Man Records. Now they're on Vagrant. Mm-hmm. Vagrant is where the get-up kids are. Like, it makes sense for this band to continue to grow. And I think that Matt's writing on a lot of this record has that in mind and to an effect maybe diminishes a song like Mr. Chainsaw. But I think that this is a song that is a, it's a, it's a Matt song. It's got the Matt type of imagery here, but it's not, it's not like, hyper specific no it's kind of like a pop song with a little bit of like a little bit of uniqueness to it i agree i i think everything you said is 100 percent correct and what i would add here is that i think what really makes this one stand out is just thinking about the lyrics and the turns of phrase it's very matt skiba-esque there's a lot of like playing with cliches but i think it all lands really well in a way that a song like Though I like Mr. Chainsaw, I think the lyrics sometimes just they feel like they're kind of clunky in my ear. But there's a line in this like like it's for the better and the bitter and I guess you know the rest or like it. There's just like even though like picked up my pick the teeth up off the ground like they've been there before like there's just these little visuals. There's these very subtly biting kind of jabs in there that it splits the difference between some of his modes in a way that I don't think other songs really do. Well, it's sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I think that, you know, you, you look at like, look at the lyrics of private eye and it's like, it's so silly, but you look at the lyrics of this one and it's like, you know, question of your whereabouts, the evidence, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, in that like noir detective mode or like whatever is influencing him to like (laughs) think about his his private investigator uh, career. He saw one magnifying glass and then wrote a record. Yo, for real, for real. He saw saw Humphrey Bogart, uh, a poster of Humphrey Bogart and was like, oh yeah. I've got ideas. Um, But like using, he uses those tropes he uses that to just like really make something that's just a little bit cooler and it's a little bit less like uh in your face and i think that there's a lot of intrigue in just the presentation of just like you don't say much of anything in question to your whereabouts yeah it's it's not it's not like uh, the point i was gonna make it's not like a radio where he's being very prescriptive and very angry this is a much more just like he feels in this weird, he, he's just in a malaise and he's trying to figure out why, and he's trying to figure out what is causing it and why and all these things. And there, this, this song answer uh, or asks more questions than it attempts to answer, which is different from a private eye or Mr. Chainsaw where he's acting as if he's like the omniscient narrator. Right. Um, and one thing I really want to, a song I want to connect it to that we have talked about as well, uh, trucks and trains song. I also really like, Mm-hmm. 
I think these two slot really well into Mike Falumley's, uh zone. Yo. And I think his playing on this song is really tasteful. And I think that drum roll kind of near the end is like a perfect way to kind of emulate what Glenn did, but do it his own way. Yeah. Because this song needs to be on the rails the way it is. And he holds it down, but has enough little flares and little hiccups in there that make it still feel interesting. And I, it's... You know, it's nothing flashy, but it's just very, very well done. Yeah, yeah. Going in at the pace that it does, where it's, it's you know, a little bit more mid-tempo. And then, yeah, when it picks up, when the intensity comes and, and he hits those rolls at the end, it's it's definitely, it's a more emphatic mm-hmm. than we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when we, we talked about Glenn on uh, on Sleepyhead. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, this is. I think that this is one of the songs on on this record that really does stand out as just being an excellent pairing of Mike's strengths and like what the band could do with him. Yeah, I mean, I've been critical of Mike's playing, not because I think he's a bad drummer, but I think he's he's a hard fit. And I recently listened to a podcast interview he did, um, probably about a year or two ago, that I had not found, but someone sent to me, and he talks about his approach to the band where he kind of says he's like, Glenn was a very specific kind of drummer. And he's like, I wouldn't tell anyone to play that way other than Glenn. So I didn't try to play that way. Yeah. Which I think on this material is largely smart. I, I, my complaints usually came from seeing them or seeing videos of them with him. And the the older material, I think lost a little oomph, but the stuff he's great at, he's really, really, really great at here. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, this is, this is such a a weird little number, yeah, isn't it? It really is. Like I was prepared to come into it listening to it today. I was like, man, like this is it's a banger, but kind of it has an air of cool through most of it that I don't think the band usually achieves or, or even reaches for. It's so laid back and kind of in the pocket and Matt sounds so good that it's like this isn't cloying in the way of some of your vagrant label mates or what's happening at the time. Like you seem more comfortable in your skin inside the song, even if the song's lyrics are portraying something different. Yeah, because l- lyrically, it sounds like you're getting played. Yeah. And the idea that you have this this image of, you know, just getting getting decked and being able to just walk away from it and know that, like know that you look cool in that moment i mean you want to you want to talk about shit there was a moment there there have been specific moments in pro wrestling in the past few years mm-hmm. where like blood whether purposefully done or accidentally happen um last year becky lynch invaded raw like beat up all of the all of the women on raw and then fight went out to the outside and she got accidentally decked in the nose ooh and her look like the first face towards the camera when she's just got blood all over her face it's just like oh fuck well that's that's a goddamn moment yeah and like you can see it in her head like this is magic mm-hmm. right now that I, yeah, I'm, I know that I'm like 15 times cooler. 
I feel like everybody has that fantasy too. Totally. Like getting totally. getting your ass kicked, but like walking away. Getting and, to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's that, you know, taking the bumps, but having the scars. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Cool hand Luke. Just just getting up. Eating just, the eggs. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, no, I, I I think that's a good that's a good analogy because that's what this song kind of carries. It's like I'm down on my luck and I'm fucked up, but whatever, I'm wearing it and owning it. And I think that's what has always, I, I think it was Brendan Kelly who said it in the uh, original Sin documentary about God damn it, of like, you know, being like, I'm fucked up. The things I'm into are a little fucked up. My friends are fucked up and that's okay. I'm great with it. And when they, I think that's, I and think they about made that it a cool. lot. Yeah. They really made it cool. Yeah. And when he says that, that's what I think some of their best early material does. And I think this is arguably the last example of it. If yeah, we're talking you know, chronologically and trackless. Right. It might be. And I think that it's, it's kind of cool that it's, it's framed in this way where it's, it's not as hyper specific as, as God damn it. Like this is something that like, conceivably Matt just wrote this song because he wrote a song yep and it doesn't have to come from a specific spot but it's like it's just to me in that like fine line of being like just it's it's good enough for a bigger audience but there's enough that like you can just kind of absorb in just the fact that like pop songs are beautiful things when done well like there's a reason it works. There's a reason a, a pop song or a pop song song structure connects with so many people. And I think I try not to begrudge that when people like go for that. Yeah. But I think it's about how you make it still feel like you. I think that is an exceptionally hard thing to do. You have to have a very distinct approach to songwriting, to uh, chord shapes, chord voicings, chord progressions, and even just ha- an identity you feel comfortable in. And I think that's where a lot of people, as we've seen in recent years, who have tried to make that transition fail is because they're trying to put someone else's skin on as opposed to just like, this is who I am and I'm going to do my version of it. And that's what makes a song like this great is because it's definitely what you're saying of like, we're trying to reach reach a wider audience, do all that, but it still sounds like Matt Skiba. One of the things that I always remember when I go back to this song too is that you know, for first and and third verse that is, you know, pretty deliberate in in its language and and a chorus that is this specific image and and a feeling. The second verse just being like sort of off the cuff, like I'm glad I have people I call friends. Like there's there's no like device there. It's it's just like sort of it, it it's where he is alone like but in a room but removed from the situation a little bit yep and that little bit of life that he puts into that i mean i don't i always think of my friends like yeah. when i hear that part i think about my friends at at, at that time when this was my favorite band and, yeah. and i you know thought about them on the way over here too when i heard that that yeah. part I, I think so much of that verse like that and the if it was up to me I'd never have to miss you into the for Dude, the better. For like, real. There, yeah. It's just like it's subtle turns of phrase that could be so trite, but like it's so plain spoken and just so honest and direct in a way that he's not trying to be clever. Whatever things he slightly twists are just kind of in service of what he's getting at. But for the most part he's just like, This is how I feel. Yeah. That's that. And I think that's like maybe what makes it a little bit more special than just 
a generic or a more generic type of thing where sure. it's like he doesn't have to put it on in that moment. What he does instead is is he makes something that is it's it's a different type of emotion and it's one that you know you get to you get to breathe in on like a really good little part uh-huh. before before we get like back into the uh, the narrative structure of things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this has been. I love episodes of the podcast like this where like we are either randomly get rolled the song or our uh, Patreon pledgers get us a song like this where I'm kind of like, huh, why that one? And then I listen to it and I'm like, oh yeah, because it's great. Yeah, it's How just, do I ever forget it? Right. It's just great. And I think we've talked about this a few times before where, you know, the songs that feel like underrated songs for this band it's because there are so many good ones. memorable ones that it's like you have to cut that point off somewhere oh totally but this is if it's not like to me if it's not coming in like at the end of your list it's right at the cutoff point, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, for me, even when thinking of these ratings, like, there are songs that I would give, like, a three that I still consider a good song, but uh, there has to be something at the average mark. And for me, average mark or below is usually something I don't like that much. But there's a lot of them that are three or above. And, you know, some of those ones that are three, the gap between three and four isn't that wide, generally speaking. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that's in there is not stuff that I you know, feel bad about. There's there's a lot of fives and all that shit, but like they have a really crowded midsection and that's indicative of a good band. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they really turn it up in the third verse in ways that are shouting the words instead of just saying them. Sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't and I really can't explain it. Yeah. But this time... Oh my God, like the emphasis on your whereabouts yeah. the second time around and right fucking there. Like, yeah. Oh my God. It's like, it's like a good pick slide. It's it just is. like, it is. It's like, oh yeah. That's exactly where you should be saying it's right fucking there. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you give it? This is a four and a half. Same. I, I can't. I was initially going in again when I was just like looking at the the name of the song you texted me and about to pull it up. I was like, it's probably like a three and a half. And then I listened to it. I was like, what? Yeah. No, this song is fuck. This song rules. Um, and I said it to you in pre-pro, and I will say it again here. How this never became like a setless staple to me, or, or I don't even know if it was played that much in its era. I don't believe it was. Um, I don't believe much of anything. Um, but I think this this song should have been. This song uh, deserves more than I think it gets sometimes. Hey, join the club. I signed up a long time ago. I know how you feel. Hey, this is our podcast. It's called As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David. My name is Tim. One day, a couple of years ago now, David said, hey, we should start a podcast. It should be about Alkaline Trio. We should just talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea because I love talking to you and I love the Alkaline Trio most of the time. Yeah. And here we are. And the fact that we have people who are listening to it, deeply meaningful to us, we encourage you to come back next week and to tell a friend and to go on over to patreon.com slash as you were and 
let us know what you want to hear next because you have that opportunity. You have the power. And the opportunity to bonus content and swag and things of that nature. Either way, we will be back next week. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, brothers. Thanks, Michael King. You have every right to be. You're around.